parasha that we are learning today is called the Shalach. And it's the parasha of uh, Yitziat Mitzrayim specifically. <clears throat> and that means that uh, it includes the story of the escape and the challenges of the Egyptians running after B'nai Yisrael, ending up culminating with the great poem called Shirat Hayam. <clears throat> but our concern today it's primarily about what is called the parasha of the man. The man was the second mitzvah of significance that was given to B'nai Yisrael before Matan Torah, before they had to uh, stand before Sinai and receive uh, the Torah. Uh, the first mitzvah, as we discussed last week, was Kiddush HaChodesh. The second mitzvah, is the mitzvah of the man, which is a mitzvah that is taught to B'nai Yisrael today, <coughs> this week. In fact, the man is not in itself so much of a mitzvah because it doesn't apply to us today. And therefore, unlike Kiddush HaChodesh, um, we won't ask that question, like why was Kiddush HaChodesh, why did it predate uh, uh, why did it predate Matan Torah for B'nai Yisrael? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. We all know that mitzvot are incumbent upon us because they are uh, mitzvot given to us at Har Sinai. So why was uh, Kiddush HaChodesh given to us before Har Sinai? The man, on the other hand, was a mitzvah that was accomplished by B'nai Yisrael while they were in the desert. After leaving the desert, after the death of Moshe Rabbeinu and their entree into Eretz Yisrael, there was no man. And there would never be any man again. So that the question about the man is a little bit different. It's not why was the man taught to B'nai Yisrael as a mitzvah before Matan Torah. The question is rather, why did Shabbat predate the Har Sinai? Because of course you can't, you can't have man. You can't understand the man without understanding that there's an involvement of Shabbat. And so you see in Perek Ted Zion, there's a discussion about, about the details of the man. First detail is in Pasuk Tetzayin. Zadavar she'etziva Hashem liktum imenu ish lefi ochlo omer lagulgolet mispar nafshotechem ish l'asher ba'olotikach. The first condition for the man, this magical food that was, uh, that everybody could eat and everybody could enjoy because it actually tasted like anything at all. It tasted like anything at all and so uh, so it was also uh, it was the greatest food of all times. But the first condition was that the people were allowed only to take a certain amount. Omer and Omer is the is a, a measure, la gulgolet, per capita. That was the first uh, condition. 
Pasuk Yud Zion says, Vayasu B'nei Yisrael. Kain, Vayasu Kain B'nei Yisrael, Vayil Ketu, Amabev Amamit. The people with larger families took more. The people with smaller families took less. Vayamodu Ba'omer, they measured this measure. Omer. Lo Edif Amabev Amamit, Lo Echsir, Ishlifi Achlo, Lakatu, so that uh, each person did the right thing. Pasuk Yutet Vayomer Moshe Lehem Ish Al Yoter Mimenu Ad Boker. The second condition was they had to eat it up. They couldn't store it away. They couldn't say, "Okay, I'll take enough for me now, but I won't eat, and then I'll have more food the next day." Lo Shamu Moshe. And what happened was, they actually did keep, they kept, they, they didn't listen to Moshe, and they left part of the man until the middle of the morning. And it became wormy, and then stinky. Was uh, was angry. Rashi points out on this pasuk. Well, first he, he enters that part of the that the people who did this were the Tanevaviram. We don't want to get involved in that. But in the part of the pasuk that says Vayarom Tola Imvayivash, it became wormy and stinky. Rashi says Harezim Mikrahafuch. The pasuk should have said it the other way around. This is the opposite. First, we have to we have to say that it got stinky, and then it became wormy. Rashi even has a a source, right? And that source is in the in pasuk of Dalid, right here. At first there was Hiv-ish, and then there was, there was Rimah. This is how it usually, usually works. So when Rashi says, I mean, it's hard to know what Rashi means. Does Rashi mean, as the Ibn Ezra says, that this was some kind of a miracle? Because it happened in the opposite way that it normally happens, or does it, did he mean, or does he mean, Rashi that uh, that it's just written in the opposite way? We'll straighten it out in our minds and work it and work it all out. Rashi remains unclear. Now we get to the Yom HaShishi, Pasuk Kavbet. Pasuk Kavbet, Vayi Bayom HaShishi. Laktu lahem mishneh, shnei omer lechad, v'yavol kol nesiei ha'idah v'yagidu l'moshe, but he took twice as much. The Yom HaLehem, hu asher dibay Hashem, and the nesiim came to tell Moshe Rabbeinu what had happened. He said to them, hu asher dibay Hashem, Shabbaton, Shabbat Kodesh, Lashem Machar. Everybody knows that Hashem celebrates Shabbat tomorrow. 
So you can't expect God to give the man on Shabbat. That would be contrary to the divine interest. On Shabbat, the, the man acts differently than it acts on other days of the week. On the other days of the week, if you leave over man, so that man will rot before you get to eat it, but not on Shabbat. On Shabbat, you have to leave over man, or else you won't have anything to eat. So they left their man Friday for Shabbos. Lohivish, it did not become stinky. Very ma, lohaitabo, and it did not have any worms. Vayom Moshe chlu ayom ki Shabbat ayom Hashem. Hayom lotitzu basadet. Moshe Rabbeinu reminds them and emphasizes: Eat today what you saved yesterday, because you're not going to find it in the field. Sheishet yemim telaktuhu vayom Hashvi Shabbat. So, uh, even if we assume that uh, that B'nai Yisrael had some idea of what Shabbat was, the Malacha that's referred to here is Hotzot, the Rishus, the Rishus, which is uh, not such a, uh, not considered, it's a Malacha Kala, it's something uh, where not, uh, nothing happens, it doesn't complete anything. But yet, this is the malacha that B'nai Yisrael, as B'nai Yisrael, having come from, uh, from uh, Mitzrayim, this is the malacha of Shabbat that they were introduced to. They couldn't wait till they got to Har Sinai, and it would not have been appropriate for them to find out this upon uh, reaching Har Sinai, but they already started to live a kind of normal desert life which included so this was the the mitzvah that B'nai Yisrael were introduced uh, to um, Shabbat the mitzvah of the man which was given to them in the parasha of B'Shalach which is certainly before the events of Matan Torah. It's hard to know exactly why this is the case. Uh, but it may be that the answer is found if we look at the Rashi in Reshit Perek Bet, Pasuk Gimel, Vayivarech Elokim et Yom HaShvi'i Vayikadesh this is both parts of the Pasuk are really difficult. The first, second part of the Pasuk, let's talk about the second part of the Pasuk. Now what does that, what possibly could that mean? What does it mean that God rested? Shabbat mikom lachto shabarah ukim lasot. But if we go back to the first half of the passage, it's no, it's no easier for us. 
I mean, the Pesach says, Vayivarech Elokim et Yom HaShvi Vakadesh Otav. Vayivarech, Vayikadesh. What's the bracha? What's the Vayikadesh? I mean, these are, like, if you sort of, like, think about it in, the, in, in some sort of abstract way, like I say, okay, I mean, I don't have to know what the implications of those words are, but they're kinds of serious words. So that we could say that God made Shabbos a serious thing. It wasn't like every other day. And then we could think in those terms and carry on. Rashi, understanding this problem, says the following. Vayavarech vayikadesh. Birchobama shekol yimot shabbat haya yoreid lahem obel legulgolet. Urishishi lechem mishneh. Bircho, the bracha that we're talking about, the word bracha always means extra, more than. Vayavarech birchobama שכל ימות השבת היה ירד להם עובר לגולגולת, ובשישי לחם משנה. וקיצ'ו במן, את ברוך הקסומן, את קדוש הקסומן. וואי, שלא ירד בו מן כלל. והמקרא כתוב על שם העתיצה. רש"י יתאו זאת ברכה, they got twice as much on Friday as they did on any other day of the week. Kadesh, Kidesh, sanctify, Kitsho Baman, Shelo Yerad Man Kalal. That that day was separate, put aside. And God didn't do on that day what God did on the other days. And again, Rashi adds, which sounds like it means this pasuk is about the future. Okay, it's about the future. I mean, everything is about the future. The second part, part of the pasuk, Shabbat, on Shabbos, God ceased from doing any melacha. We don't know what that means. Asher bara Elokim la'asot. This Rashi is going to try to explain to us that God made all the things God made la'asot. He ceased doing them. So that's how Rashi explains whatever it was that should have been done on Shabbat kafal b'shishi. So that the man should have been given on Shabbos but in fact, it was given. It was given on Friday. That's Asher Baralo came laasot. That God was in the laasot mode, and that was done on Friday. So that it turns out, according to Rashi, that man is the ultimate prototype for Shabbos. Shabbos is not about us imitating God. That would be ridiculous. I mean, we can't imitate God in creation, and we can't imitate God in the absence of creation. But what can we do? We can imitate God as preparers. We prepared, we prepared 
we can prepare on Friday for Shabbos. So that's what we do. We make chont, we make a salad, we cook the chicken, everything's cooked. We don't cook on Shabbos, then we eat as much as we need to eat on Shabbos. I mean, of course, this is not exactly, this is not exactly like, uh, uh, like the man, but the, the idea is there. The idea of the man is there. That's what Rashi says. Rashi says, Shabbat is not uh, uh, about what God did do or didn't do, but it's a gilui. It's an awareness that we have, that we've received. We receive this awareness from God. And that awareness is, that awareness is that God enables us to keep Shabbos by changing the rules. Shabbos is not about creation, nor is it about God creating the world or not creating the world. Those notions don't uh, uh, find any kind of relevance in our, our understanding of things. So what is it? What is it? It's about the man. Shabbos is about the man. And so the man is the teacher of Shabbos. And it teaches us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu enables us to commemorate things by showing us how to do that. How do you commemorate Shabbos? So that we need it to be prepared somehow for the Shabbos of Sinai. Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to say, Zohar, Shomor, Shomor, Shabbos, Lekat Shom. And then we'd be kind of in a bind. He'd say, like, well, what are we supposed to do? What is it that we're not supposed to do? How do we make Shabbos? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed us how HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes Shabbos. How? Kidshu Baman, Bercho Baman, and Kidshu Baman. That's what, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to say. I'd like to learn with you one, uh, one portion of the Breshit Rabbah. Parsha Yud Aleph, hey, it's one of those discussions that went on between Turnus Rufus and Rasha. Turnus Rufus was a bad guy, although a philosopher. And he asked Rabbi Akiva about Shabbos. He says, what's so special about, about Shabbos? I mean, why do we have to do special things? So Rabbi Kiva says, So Rabbi Kiva said to him, How is one person different than the other? One person becomes a nobleman, and another person remains impoverished. So how do you understand that? He says, did you understand what I said to you, Tunis Rufus said? And did you understand what you said to me? Well, what's the connection? That was your question. Why is Shabbos different than any other day? And I said to you, 
ומאן גבר מגוברין. מה יש לו טורנס רופוס מכל גוברין? How is טורנס רופוס different than, than everybody else? He says, he says, obviously Tudus Rufus is not like everybody else. Omar lo shiratzah ha-melech l'chabdeni. Omar lo, Rabbi Akiva answered, he said, Tudus Rufus said the king wanted to give me honor. Omar lo, avzo shiratzah ha-kodesh bochu l'chabdo. So that's what ha-kodesh bochu is. Ha-kodesh bochu wanted to give kavod to Shabbos. And he wanted to make sure that B'nai Yisrael would act accordingly on the Shabbos. How do I know that Shabbos is a chosen, the chosen day? Maybe there's some other day. The, the river Sambation, Sambation, which was understood by the, uh, by the Medrash to mean like a Shabbos uh, Nahar. Uh, which is in the east of the of the uh, world, which is someplace. Shemoshecha v'nim kolim of the Shabbat. Shabbat unach. If you go to the Sambat Yom, you see that all week long, the river puts a law, pulls pulls or pushes the the stones. But on Shabbos, he, he, he the Sambat Yom rests. Omalei lenagido at. Nagid li. Lenagda at Nagid li. He says, you want to convince me in, in this way? And, and you're talking about the Har Samatyon. I don't know anything about it. Omalei. Vareha ma'ale et ha-meit b'zichuro yochiach. Shehu ole kol yimot ha-shabbat. Shabbat eino ole. He says, the, uh, uh, the one who brings up the dead also doesn't do it uh, on Shabbos. There's another proof. Ubishabbos eno ole. Shemitenet lahem menucha bekavram bekavram. The end of this section of the Medrash says the following. There's an argument between Turnus Rufus and uh, Rabbi Akiva about, about uh, Shabbos, uh, about uh, what makes Shabbos special. So finally, the discussion goes along and Fozar Eitzel Rabbi Akiva Marlo Inkit Varecho Shakorish Bohu Mechabedet Shabbat he's it's true that a Kodesh Bohu gives honor to the Shabbat. How come the winds blow 
and are uncomfortable? How come the rain falls and is, uh, could be disastrous? How come things grow, grasses grow on Shabbat? Omar lo tipach ruchei dahu gavros. Rabbi Akiva was very, uh, very annoyed. And he said uh, that you should not have any wind. Your wind should, uh, you know, it's just like, 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 what are you, what are you talking about? And Sholach HaMashal, let me give you this parable. Two people were living, Ayudarim B'Chatzer Achat, were living in the same, in the same Chatzer. Emen Zen Notein Eruv, Vizen Notein Eruv, Shema Matrim B'Taltel B'Chatzer. So Rabbi Akiva says to Tudas Rufus, two people share a courtyard. In order to go from my part of the courtyard to your part of the courtyard, we need an, an A-roof. <coughs> and if we don't have an A-roof, uh, you can't get from one side to the other side. But if, in the same chatzer, there was only one person who lived in that one chatzer, harehu mutar b'chol ha-chatzer kula. And that person who owns the chatzer could certainly go in the entire chatzer. Afkan HaKadosh even in reference to HaKadosh Baruch since God has no partners, there's no one else that partners with God in the world. And the whole world is after all gods. And God is permitted to go every place in this world and do whatever in this world. Those who eat the man give witness Allah. All the weeks of the, all the days of the week there was man. So Rabbi Akiva is trying to explain to Turdus Rufus that after all Shabbat it's about us and not about God. God uh, is not limited as we are limited. God patrols the world in a godly way. And that means there are no limits. What creates the limits of Shabbat is the fact that we are, that we are, uh, that we are not alone in this world. That there are other people that impose themselves on us. And therefore, and therefore it's important for us to remember that Shabbat is about the people in the world. Shabbat was given to the world. But Shabbat is not God. God doesn't have any limitations according to the Medrash. There is no one else in the world other than God. And since there's no one else in the world other than God, we would not expect that God would be limited by such things as an Eruv, etc. So Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva ended the discussion, this uh, particular discussion with Turnus Rufus by, by saying, it's true that we had to learn this. It's true 
that we had to somehow, we had to somehow become part of the divine uh, plan. And that Shmirat Shabbat, keeping the Shabbat, is not about what God did, but it's about us accepting the responsibility of being part of the world that a Kodesh made for our, for our benefit. Uh, and that all comes from the man. And apparently, I would just end by saying perhaps that this means that the man, that the man, uh, the experience of the man was necessary before Matantara, before Kodesh Baruch taught us what the Torah was about. Because the man is, gives us this uh, opportunity. The man gives us this opportunity to see, uh, to see what our responsibility in the world is. How we can remember what God did as Mas and Beratius. And the man gives us that leg up on accepting the responsibility of learning what it is that the Torah is doing. The Torah is teaching us that to be divine, we have to respect the limits of communal living. We have to respect the fact that we are not alone, that HaKadosh Baruch did not make us alone, but that HaKadosh Baruch insisted that we should be part of a world in which men and women uh, have to learn to share the space. And that was the lesson of the man. And it was important that that lesson be taught and learned before the events of Matantara.